I got a dream of winning a Super Bowl. I got a dream of being in a Pro Bowl. I'm really not into dreams anymore, okay? I'm into the nightmares. There it is! Caught! Touchdown! Raiders! You're listening to the Autumn Windbags, an audio attack from the Silver and Black. Here are your windbags, R.J. Clifford and Juan Soto. Yeah, it is another episode of the Autumn Windbags. R.J. Clifford, Juan Soto, let's have some fun today. The Raiders with uh, two win streak momentum. My goodness. Roaring into Chicago. Loaded down with deep dish pizza. The softest part of the schedule. One of the worst teams in football. Favored on the road against the storied franchise that will be without their two starting running backs and their starting quarterback. They suit up against Tyson Badgent, Division II football player, undrafted rookie. And the Raiders managed to put up only six points before garbage time and fall to the Bears, 30-12. to 12. The, uh, the Bears... The Bears. We're giving up 29.3 points per game coming into today. And Josh McDaniels' offense is able to put up 12-6 outside of garbage time. Uh, yeah, it, uh, it was um, what we – I think we all had feared because of, you know, early game, travel, uh, Brian Hoyer. It shouldn't have happened, but it did. Um, so the biggest story coming into today was that there's two big stories, right? Devontae Adams was the national story of the Raiders all week. His venting his frustrations without getting targeted. So his targets were going to be something we follow. But the big national story going in is the starting of Tyson Badgent. Shepherds University. Didn't know where that was. Didn't know that was a school. I did know that he uh, his last game was losing to the Colorado School of Mines. And that was always kind of a like a, a running joke. They were in our division in wrestling. When I wrestled Division Two at San Francisco State, the Colorado School of Mines was in my division. So I was like the one guy in Raider Nation that like knew there was a school called Colorado School of Mines, and he couldn't and he couldn't beat them, but he could beat the Bears. He had it's funny he had like a very Josh McDaniels type game, just efficient, twelve of twenty nine, one hundred sixty two yards, moved around in the pocket, let the running game do this thing, and protected the football. No turnovers, only took one sack, and even threw a touchdown. Yeah, it's it's. I mean, one can argue what the bigger story is for the Bears. Is it uh, the quarterback play or is it a third-string running back play? You know, the the running game of the Bears. Three touchdowns for Dante Foreman, two rushing, one receiving. I mean, either way, man, uh, I think – I don't think that uh, – uh, is it Bajent? I think they're calling him Bajent. Bajent. I kept I – kept, I tweeted it. Remember the, uh, the family guy line when yeah. the doctor's like, Peter, I don't know how to say this. Basinger, Bas- Bassinger, ba- Basinger, Kim Bassinger, like Bajent, Bajent, Bajent. Uh, I, I, I don't know that ba- Bajent has the game he does without the running game that they had. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. It's, well, I mean, he threw the ball 29 times, which is not a ton, but, you know, decent amount. Only 162 yards, but he just, you know, he, he did the little. That's exactly what you want in this situation. Let the run game carry it. The offensive ineptitude of the Raiders. You don't have to do anything oh, yeah. crazy. Protect the keep football. Short third downs, you know, keep it manageable. Uh, timing throws, nothing for him really to read. He's got, you know, he did he did go through progressions a few times. Uh, but, you know, just quick, uh, quick reads. You know, they they executed um, with a undrafted rookie pretty much the same game plan that we had with a 15-year veteran. Mm-hmm which is, you know, just goes to show you. Uh, it, it just was, um, no, you know, was I optimistic that we would go out there and, and look a little bit better? Yeah. Uh, was this always in the back of my mind? Of course it was. Of course it was. It was always in the back of my mind that we would go out there and, and do this. Because, again, I don't know. I mean, I do know that, you know, Josh McDaniels hasn't shown enough to – have me have a lot of confidence that he's going to be able to put a sophisticated game plan together for the personnel that he has. I just think he has a game plan that he wants to play. He he wants robots, right? And that's why he started Brian Hoyer, which is so ridiculous. Like it was, I did not understand it whatsoever. 
Uh, the only way I understood it is, oh, what's the least creative thing that's possible? And that's what Josh McDaniels is going to do in starting Brian Hoyer. Um, Hoyer was awful. I tweeted like, hey, I, what are the odds that he that uh, Brian Hoyer would lose 13 games in a row? You know, you think after 12, he'd be due for one. It's like, come on, man. Like, he, he is a loser. He loses football games. That's what he does. Um, so there was four really stupid Josh McDaniels moments for me today. Let's hear um, it. First off was starting Brian Hoyer. That was dumb. Should have been Aiden O'Connell. Two, you're down 21 to three in the, this is like a mixture of ones. You're down 21 to three in the fourth quarter. Josh McDaniels kicks a field goal. A, Daniel Carlson's groin is injured. So you're, you're A, trying, you're doing that to begin with. Two, you're down, you're still down two touchdowns. And we made it even dumber. Remember, he was it was fourth and four, and they're on, they're on the eight, and they go for it, and then they make it to the four, and it's fourth and goal, and then he kicks it. So you really needed those extra four yards, and all you did was burn two minutes of play clock. <laughs> like you won't kick it from the eight, but you'll burn two minutes of play time and kick it from the four. Chestnut checkers, right? So that was one plus. Uh, that was just absolute bonehead move. Two, you're bringing in Farva with five minutes left. Like pointless. Are you trying to protect your franchise? To, yeah, to, Ryan Hoyer to get his to get his head blown off. Like it's it makes no sense. Like if you were gonna if you were gonna move on from uh from uh, Hoyer to Farva, Hoyer showed you enough at halftime that he was not going to be able to move the ball, right? Uh, so. Why not put in Farva when you can actually run a game plan, right? Mm -hmm. You can actually protect him a little bit with a running game with safer throws and stuff like that. Don't put him in a game when the def defense knows you're throwing and it's going to pin their ears back and try to take Farva's head off. You're, you're not you're not going to develop that way as a quarterback because you're not going to be in those games from the beginning where you're just everyone's spread out throwing the ball every single play. So you're not going to run the offense. You're not going to get better running this offense going into that kind of scramble mode towards the end. The, the reason you bring in another quarterback in garbage time is to protect the other quarterback. That's the whole point. That's the whole reason in garbage. Who is more valuable long-term? The rookie Aiden O'Connell that we're still figuring out and developing or Brian Hoyer, who's not even a top 40 quarterback in this league that Josh McDaniels had to beg to come back. If Josh McDaniels didn't, wasn't the coach of the Raiders, Brian Hoyer would be watching at home. Like, what? If there's anybody that's expendable on the Raiders roster, it's Brian Hoyer. He's the most expendable guy. But you pull him to protect him to have a no It just doesn't make any sense, man. It really doesn't. Um, okay. It's 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 hard. With these decisions, it's really hard. It's really hard. And um, we're gonna we're going to find out a lot about what we have to cheer for in the next five years, mm -hmm. 10 years uh, on, on what happens this next season and into the off season. If this is just, just something where uh, Mark Davis is just going to sit back and say, okay, well, you know what, despite all these things that you outlined, despite the things that I've talked about, despite all these maneuvers, all the way that the, the team didn't show up, the bonehead decisions that we're seeing over and over again, the lack of development, the lack of any awareness or any type of adjustment offensively, the lack of uh, uh, accountability in the press conferences, all that stuff put together. If Mark Davis is like, well, I'm going to stay patient and move forward with him for another year, he's the same mentality as Josh McDaniels, right? Mm -hmm. The only reason I have to see to, to continue to play Hoyer after halftime is so is to feed Josh McDaniel's own ego so he doesn't get second guessed. Well, and, and if Farva, God forbid, if Farva does well coming in at halftime, oh, you should have started him. Uh, why didn't you start him in the beginning? You know, all this other stuff. It's so if, if that happens, if we don't see any movement from the end of this season into the off season, it's going to be a rough time moving forward. Because uh, it's just a bunch of people that are looking after how they're coming across and and not taking an honest look at themselves in the situation, which is what we've seen a lot. Uh, Sam A, thank you so much for the super chat. Best case scenario, tank, fire McDaniels, trade, 
everyone. So NFL teams don't tank. They, they, it's just, they just really, really don't. This isn't the NBA. Like, it's not like a thing. And the dangerous thing about tanking is you're creating this, like, culture of losing. Because all the players on that team are still playing for contracts, for their jobs, to stay on rosters, to, you know, you're not going to have guys take dives. Like, they need to still look good out there. Um, and also, this isn't, we, we've talked about a bunch of times, this isn't really that tankable of a roster. Like, the, the only guys that are, like, older and making a lot of money are guys you can't get rid of. Like, Devontae Adams, you can't trade him. There's, like, 50 million in dead cap. You can't move on from him. Can't do it. Jimmy G, we have him for two years. 33 million guaranteed. Really can't move on from him. A trade or release would be, would be really tough. Everyone else is young. You're not going to move on from Max Crosby. You want to build around that. You're not going to move on from Colton Miller. You want to build around that. Like, these are all, like, younger guys in their early 20s that you want to build a round. So that's the problem with this roster. It's like there's not a lot of like guys to move on from. Jacoby Myers, maybe. I, I don't have I remember exactly his contract. I'm not going to lose a ton, but yeah. And there's a there's a, a a very a very negative byproduct of a coach coaching with his ego mm-hmm. is you're you're building you're building a culture within the players maybe not the top guys like the max crosby's and, and those types of guys but you're building a culture of he doesn't care so why should i mm-hmm. i don't know why marcus peters is still on the field he did like four olays where he just wasn't even trying to tackle that uh, first one that they slow mode and mark sanchez was just like oh god like in the film room tomorrow, that should be an immediate flick to the nuts. Like, yeah, it's that's a flick it, to the nuts film room. So you 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 get that you get um, a lot of the guys in the secondary just didn't want to tackle. Marcus Epps lowers a shoulder and Foreman gets another six yards after contact. Like it, it happened a lot in the game where guys were just standing around while def- while offensive players for the Bears were still struggling to get more yards, and they're just standing around looking at them. You know, yeah. Um, it's, that was probably the biggest error of this team was the tackling of the of all. It's like add yeah. four yards to every single play for the Bears because the first two guy, first two Raiders defenders always missed. That was basically every single one. It's of them. it's uh definitely when you see a coach coaching that way and you get players playing that way, that puts bad tape on there. So it's possible to really get rid of good, decent players that you can build with moving forward, With even if a new regime comes in, because of that feeling that you're giving the players. And we've seen that happen with us where we've let some guys go and then they go somewhere else and play better because, you know, maybe the environment's a little bit better. It just makes it harder for us to make a, a or even the new regime coming in to make a solid decision because of, you know, pretty much what the coach's decisions are telling the team. It's my ego and my decisions are over what you guys want to do. Edgar Bonilla, thank you so much for the super chat. Much appreciated. We lost to a bacon bagel. Mm, that sounds delicious. Bacon bagel. How can we not fire McDaniels? I mean, certainly can. But like, here's the context. This is, where would you rank this as far as Josh McDaniels' worst losses? I say it's third behind losing to the Rams when Baker had two days notice last season and losing to Jeff Saturday last season. I think those were worse considering who we were facing. And I say this is number three. And only 24 games as Raiders head coach. I put this one second behind. I think actually the Colts loss is worse. Yeah. The Colts loss is worse. And then Rams third. It, it's pretty close. This is this is pretty close to the worst one. Because the Colts loss, yeah, he's I mean, Jeff Saturday wasn't out there calling plays, right? He had the offensive coordinator who was the quarterback coach who was there the entire season, the defensive coordinator who was there the entire season. Um, Jonathan Taylor comes back for that game. Matt Ryan comes back for that game. So it's like you have the guys that you wanted to start your season with can all come back for that game. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't see that. I mean, I just say that, that it, it wasn't a bad loss. Of course, it was a terrible loss. It's in the top three, yeah, which is it's, pretty it's, crazy considering Josh McDaniels only has 24 games as Raiders head coach. And this is maybe, you know, arguably only the third worst loss. Like 12 and a half percent of his games were this bad of a loss or equivalent. Yeah, it's bad. This is 12 and a half percent of his games 
were this level bad losses. So <laughs> not not only are you looking at the fact that they lost, you're looking at the the uh, the decision making, the judgment. You know, starting Hoyer over O'Connell. Fine. You think you think that playing a more mistake free game against a Bears team starting an undrafted rookie is the safer way to go. Okay, I I don't necessarily have to, and I don't agree with that. I would say I said we should have started Farva, but I can understand the logic you're going with. I get it, but when that mistake free football also gives you zero touchdowns, you, you have and to. Is, and is it mistake points. free? Like, yeah, he's lost twelve in a row, and he's thrown more picks than touchdowns. Like. This isn't like the safe choice. You're just picking a bad quarterback that you know what he's bad at. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, I mean, look, we, we, we can argue uh, on that interception, right? I think it was a bad play on both guys. Uh, but ultimately, the quarterback threw the ball, so it's going to fall on him, right? Yeah. So you have that, plus you have no touchdowns, no juice to the offense. Uh, you're putting your defense in a bad spot because you're constantly putting your offense, or your defense back on the field with bad offense. If you're turning the ball over anyway, and you're not getting any juice, why not go to somebody who's shown that the offense looks a little bit different when he's on the field? You just didn't want to do it, man. I I, I don't understand it. Uh, the only way I can I, I can kind of like follow back and re, uh, follow some logic is he just didn't want to get second guessed if Farva came back in and, and came in and did did a better job. Doesn't make a lot of sense. Uh, and honestly, like. This, if, if anything, is a bigger boner killer to Mark Davis. It's going to the Bears on a high from the Aces winning, just, mm-hmm. you know, waving to the crowd, walking on the field, waving at all the Raider fans, and to put up this type of stinker. It was really, really, really bad. This is one of the worst games that Josh McDaniels has coached, not just because that they lost, but who they lost to and the personnel that they lost to. This is at least Baker Mayfield was a starter in the league before. At least you have some some players on the team. They had DJ Moore and pretty much nothing else. Don, yeah. uh, if everyone's healthy, Foreman doesn't get on the field. Foreman's a special teams guy, so it's it's a pretty bad loss. This is Foreman's going to be the a top losses we've seen. He's going to be a top three to five fantasy football skill player this week. The third string backup against. Yeah, him. probably in the top 5% of for sure. Yeah, way up there. Shima86, thank you for the super chat. Mark seriously needs to smarten up and fire flame McDaniels. Um, so Vic Tafer is real big on this from The Athletic, and I'm kind of with him. So tomorrow is the Las Vegas Aces Championship Parade, who Mark Davis also owns. Like, that's going to be probably what saves Mark Davis more than anything. Like, how 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 bad this loss is, how pissed off Mark Davis should and better be. He's like, what am I going to, which which fancy white suit am I going to wear to the parade tomorrow? He's like working on his dance moves, you know, that he had when they won. What was this one? This one that he was doing? He's like working on his dance moves and, and crap. Well, Almost did look, it. I get that, but look at it from this perspective. How many people are actually going to be there for that parade? Honestly. That aren't paid to be there. Let's just be honest. I understand what the NBA does, and they want it to blow it up, and they're going to get a lot of, they're going to ship a lot of like, you know, schools and stuff like that. They're going to create a thing where the school bust your kids in and this and that and blah blah blah. We what can if Vegas adults? We what if Vegas adults. goes nuts for them? Look, right? We like could be we're... adults. We could be adults. No one. It's it's gonna if they get if they get twenty thousand people at that parade, I would be shocked. Actual people that wanted to go, not bust in or paid people to go. Okay. What if so, what if Vegas just goes nuts? They start tipping over cop cars, lighting them on fire. The strips going crazy. All for a WNBA team, like when what, like the Lakers win a championship. What, what if I pull out my time down? machine and and go back before <laughs> the game and start Farver instead? Of, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. So if you're Mark Davis, if you're Mark Davis, and you're so this is supposed to be one of the crowning moments of owning a franchise, and you look out and you see that few people, mm-hmm. and you look at okay. You know, I won two championships in the WNBA, whoop-de-doo, but my crowning achievement of owning the Raiders and building the stadium that my father was trying to build for 40-something years, right, Yeah, can't keep from stepping on their nuts. So 
I don't understand. I don't. I don't get how he's supposed to be pumped up, and this is going to kind of like squash any type of urgency for him to make a move with the Raiders. I think that it's really overblown that the the Aces winning is going to take any type of heat away from anyone in the organ, Raiders organization. Sam A, thank you again for the super chat. I'm afraid McDaniel's will be with us forever. I can tell you that's not going to happen. You know what? I'm going to call McDaniel's from now on because of that. I'm going to call him herpes. Because he sucks and he's going to be with us forever. And he's not everywhere. He's only in certain places. He's not in the defensive room. He's not in the O-line room. He's just with quarterbacks and receivers. Coach herpes. He's not herpes if he's everywhere. Only only a few places. Uh, Sam A, again, thank you for the super chat. I called it. Check the first comment earlier. I did. Roger checking. I did. I saw that. I know. I want to. I want to show it. I want to play it. A lot of comments. We'll get to all of them. I promise. Uh, Sam A, ten twenty-two a.m. I think we're gonna lose big. You didn't call it. We lost huge, amazingly, massively big. You just said lose regular big. So you didn't, you didn't call it, Sam. I'm sorry. Just we didn't just lose big. We lost Sasquatch size big. Uh, Michael Creamer, thank you very much for the super chat. Up to five bucks now. Where is last year's Soto? He seems content because Soto was stuck having to defend McDaniels, Jimmy G, and Hoyer that the rest of us knew were garbage. Soto, what's your response? My response is to grow up, man. Uh, does does optimism equal uh, confidence? No. Uh, just because I'm looking at reasons to think that we can maybe turn it around doesn't mean I'm confident that it's going to happen. If it, if it's just RJ and I taking the same viewpoint the entire time, uh, it's going to be a pretty boring show. So um, that's something that we have to, we, I mean, there's something that we have to really focus on here just because I wasn't in the crowd with the pitchfork and the, and the, and, and the torch saying from the very first day he was hired that we should fire McDaniels before he even makes a decision or before he even coaches a game. It doesn't mean that I was 100% on board with this guy. From the beginning, I was like, let's show some patience. The information that we have is over 10 years old. Let him give us some new information. When I was when I was confident that I had the information that I could give to turn and say, that's it, I'm done, we have to move on, that's when I did. But people don't want to hear that. If I don't agree with you, it's, it means I'm against you. It's, it's ridiculous. Well, my, my issue was you called people who said McDaniels was going to fail haters. Before before you did, and you're like, I well, don't like people that. Now you're that allowed team. to. Well, cause that was my thing. Is like, well, n- you decided when you were allowed to say McDaniel's is going to be bad for us. And my thing is like, well, people said it a long time ago, mm-hmm. and there was enough evidence to say like, okay, you can make an argument that he's a bad coach, and we don't want him. You call those people haters. That was I, my only issue. I, I understand that, but again, you're making a decision off of information that's over a decade old, and they made the right decision. I, I, again, I understand that, RJ, but. I think I'm more more looking at the process of making the decision, not just like making the, the, the decision itself, because that makes me question this person and their judgment in any number of decisions, if that's how they make a decision. So that, there was a that's lot more, of evidence that's, out that's, there. That's that more. Josh no, McDaniels no, the the evidence was over over a decade old, RJ. I, you have to understand. You have to understand that from that perspective. You don't have to agree, but you have to at least understand that perspective. Right. Can you can you acknowledge that people? Well, who I mean, before, it aren't before, before, wait, wait, wait. Before we move forward, can you at least acknowledge that perspective that the, the information was over a decade old? More information is always better, but and more current information is always better. But we've, but come on, like you've, there's been a lot of coaching hirings of like old, like when Art Shell got hired by the Raiders, right? Like we we're like, dude, this is not going to work. You know what I mean? Like we all kind of knew it. It was like, well, the, the information's really old. But yeah, but it was so bad and guys don't change that much, right? So like sure, like more information's always better. Like if you weren't sure before, and I think I'm pretty sure you know now, right? There's not a lot of McDaniel's defenders out there at this point. I just I just I am defending people who said I think he's going to be bad. And I think you calling them haters was incorrect. I think they just I don't like them. people that make what I what I see as a snap judgment. I don't, I don't like that. It, it, it's, it's something that really pisses me off. And maybe some of them were snap judges, but I think a lot of them were, look, he was bad in the Broncos. He doesn't know how to run a locker room. He rubs people the wrong way. I think he's no, a bad coach. I'm never going to agree with you and think that they're not haters. 
Okay, so I mean, if you want to keep bringing it up, that's fine. All I'm saying, I didn't bring it up. You did bring it up. Michael Kramer brought it up. No, you did bring it up today. You did bring it up. Uh, You you brought up the whole hater thing, which is fine. You want to bring it up? That that that's cool. You want to pile on Michael Kramer? That's fine. What I'm saying is this: you call me a hater for calling something right. I didn't bring anything. I didn't bring anything up today. Again, my my judgment on your decision making isn't about the answer. It's more so how you got to the answer. Because anyone can say, yeah, the, the, the lottery number, one of them is going to be the number five. Well, how did you come up with that? I don't know. I just at what it. this is this is the 20, uh, 20, 24th game of Josh McDaniel's Raiders tenure. At what game were you allowed to say he's a bad coach? Like at what was the threshold where before you're a hater and now you're making a smart decision? It's difficult it? because last year we had really bad quarterback play, kind of like what we're having this year. So I'm okay. We we saw one quarterback, and then when we put the backup quarterback in, the offense looked a lot better. So I'm like, okay, is it the quarterback that was the problem? Is it because I mean a backup quarterback comes in and scores a ton of points the last couple? Okay, you said it was well, definitely the quarterback that was the problem last season. Well, he was a problem. For there was sure. no maybe. You said it. Was, it is a quarter. It is a Derek Carr problem. You didn't put well, it on. I mean, okay, I misspoke. Was it just the quarterback or quarterback and the coach? Because, you know, Stidham goes in and plays much better in the same offense with the same tools. Get it. Okay. Let's see him with a new quarterback and let's see if, if it's something looks this. And it looks a lot, pretty much the same. A lot of things being missed, bad reads. Now, is uh, is Derek Carr, you know, is he, is he flashier? Does he have more arm talent? Can he make more throws than Garoppolo? Yeah, which is what the difference that we're seeing in the offense. Still, you know, two quarterbacks that played poorly, but now you have more information with two different quarterbacks. Now, I wouldn't say necessarily the games themselves, but you have the people that he's choosing running the offenses. It's not good. So with that said, where is the Mendoza line? Like, at what point are you a hater for saying Josh McDaniels is going to not be a good coach? And at what point is it a smart decision? At what game? Uh, I mean, I don't. it's not necessarily a game itself. I mean, more than zero. More than zero games. You understand, like, my frustration, right? Where it's like, at, at some point, you decided you were a hater for saying Josh McDaniels isn't going to be a good coach. And at some point, you're saying, I know Josh McDaniels isn't a good coach. Well, and then like, you just decided where that line was somewhere. I, mean, I don't know when you, it was. You, I don't know if you, did, where it you was. also decided that it's it, people should get credit and be like thumbs up with zero games played, which is my frustration. He's been a head coach before. He's been a head coach Again, before. RJ, again, again you're not it. acknowledging this point. And again, you don't have to agree. But – you're using information that's over 10 years old. And if you want to make it about this, I can and keep it was going clearly for the, good for information the, for the rest of 30 minutes. If you want to make it about this, you want to make it about the game. We can talk about that. If you want to pick on me and make it about me, we can do that too. It's up to you. I'd like to talk about the game, but you can talk about me and keep oh, now you want to talk about the game. Now that you don't I mean, know when the turning you're, point you're was the one that's bringing this up. You're the one that's saying, you know, you bringing all this stuff and, and keeping this yeah. comment up for the next last five minutes. I mean, it's up to you. Shima oh, so now that you want to move on, we can move on. Perfect. Let's do yes. whatever you say. Yeah. It's like when you decided when you're no longer a hater for Josh McDaniels, I'm deciding Not, now we can move on. Okay. Now let's talk about that then. Because what, I wanna, what we're talking about now is you trying to make things about me, which is the last time I got really upset. That's what you were trying to do. You were trying to make, I didn't it, make about it about me. you. Excuse me, sir. Cream made it about you. You, right? you wanted to make it about me instead of about the game. And you're continuing to try to make it about me. I want to make it about the game. So if you want to make it about the game, I am 100% ready to do that. When am I allowed to make it about you? And when am I allowed to make it about the game? Okay, well, we talked about what the comment was. And you continue to, you know, go after the comment over and over and over. And, I mean, we don't agree on it, RJ. We don't have to re-step these bounds over and over again. But you're continuing to step on them after I respond. You asked me to respond to a comment. I did, and then you kept going. So and then it, I it, asked you, so, when is the so when either, is the line from when you gone from hater no specific to good analysis? The issue, the, the issue, why I gave him a season last year is because of the quarterback play. Was the quarterback the issue? Was he not running the offense right, or was it a Josh McDaniels thing, or was it both? Now we're seeing that it's both because the quarterback that we got rid of last year isn't playing well this year either. So okay, now we have a lot more information. All right, so. If we can move on, we can move on. So if you want to fire McDaniels, you're not a hater anymore. Correct. Shima RJ, 86. RJ, we're not doing chat. this, man. You see, th- this is the issue that I have. This is the issue that I have. I'm ready to move on. You can move on if you want, but you have to get your extra little dig in there. There's no need for that, RJ. 
There is because you called me a hater. Oh all God, this, RJ, get over yourself. All this time, God forbid someone calls you a hater. Oh my God, yeah. and you know and then when you're proven, RJ, when you are proven wrong, and you try to wriggle out of it. And we don't agree. And just it's take fine. the L. Just take and the we L. Don't so we agree. Move on. It's no L. We're we took the L. The team took the L. That's the L that we need to be focusing on. But you want to hammer this over and 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 not stop and not talk about the game and make this poor content. I don't like this content for my show. Do you not understand that? I don't like calling you out on your BS. I don't like making it about this, RJ. I answered the question, RJ. I answered the comment and you won't let it go. Can you let it go, please, so we can make better content? Please. At what point? I just want to know. At what point was that line? RJ, can you stop, please? Can we talk about the show and not yeah, talk about- Yeah, the show is about stuff? moving on from McDaniel. Can we talk about it's making better content? Show. Can we talk about- Can we just make better content, please? And moving stop on from McDaniel's conversation? Time. I think moving on from McDaniel's conversation is like the main Raiders topic this week. Would you oh agree? my God, dude. Would you not agree? Is that not probably the biggest thing we're going to talk about? Right now, if it's not about the game that we're supposed to be covering in a post-game show. So we're, so we're not allowed to talk about Fire McDaniels, yes or no? You can talk about whatever you want, RJ. I'm just not going to follow along. So just... just can we talk going. about what Shima86 wants to talk about? If you want, man. Thank you for the super chat. Appreciate it. JJ, Josh Jacobs, was shaking his head all game long. McDaniel's about to lose locker room. I'm still not sold on this improved defense. Patrick Graham got exposed. Well, first off, the defense is definitely improved from last season. I don't think me or Soto ever said they were, like, good or groundbreaking. I think I said, was it last two shows ago or last show, they were approaching average in one defensive category, yards allowed per game. You're like, okay. That's improvement because it was atrocious last year. So I don't, I don't think you ever said that, Soto. Like, this defense is good. It was just it has been improving in elements. And I would disagree that Patrick Graham got exposed. I mean, Patrick Graham has been outcoached. Guys were generally in pretty good position defensively. They just missed tackles. Just the fundamentals was trash. Like, I said before, I think I tweeted, like, whatever play the Bears have, add four yards. Because the first two Raiders defenders – Aren't going to hit him. Uh, I, I don't put the defense on Patrick Graham today. I think the defenders were in position to make plays. I think a lot of guys made business decisions. Uh, I just don't understand uh, how you can, especially even early in the game. Mm-hmm. I think it was after the first couple of rushes where, you know, Foreman was running over guys uh, that guys were just like, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to ankle tackle this guy. I'm going to drag him to the ground. I'm not going to hit anybody. And it was mostly in the secondary. Uh, Diablo got hurt, but before he did, he, he, he did the same thing. A lot, of, a lot of guys waiting for offensive players to come to them instead of us going to grab the, off- the offensive player. And um, <clears throat> I, I don't put this on, 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 uh, on Graham's coaching. It's just the guys are just playing soft. The second Marcus Peters whiffed and Olaid. He should have been pulled right away and like sent a message. Like, guys, that's not the defense we're playing today. We're not. The problem is we don't have anyone much better to replace him. But there should have been a message sent that second when Marcus Peters just like Olaid, letting a first down go. You're like, no, guys, we're not doing that. You're going to play that way? I'd rather have bad players who are playing with heart be out here than Olaying these dudes. Uh, Michael Creamer, thank you for just five bucks for nothing. We'll take the tip. Much appreciated. Turn that into a beer tomorrow or a shot of terrible whiskey tonight, which is what we deserve. Do you have like an angry booze that you drink? Like if you just like got broken up with or the Raiders get their dick stomped in. I don't or... really drink that much, man. I don't really I drink do. that much. You know what I drink? Early times whiskey. Rubby alcohol. Early times whiskey. It is terrible. And it just tastes like depression. And that's kind of what I'm feeling right now. Let's I want to listen to like a really sad country song. And drink liquid depression that's in a bottle of 80 proof. Um, I'll let you take this one, Soto. We got to read it for the pod. Last cool. year, Soto at game 15, I am complaining because the Raiders were not being the team they should beat. Scoreboard 30, Bears 30, Raiders 6. Okay, so I'm complaining again today that we're not beating teams that we should beat. 
we had people complaining when we were beating teams, but not pretty like they wanted them to. So well, I think I think that the not pretty was a sign of things to come, right? It's like, okay, we got the win. Great. They're hard to come by. But um, I think it was Nick Wright. I don't know if it's a uh, like a popular phrase or sl- like a famous phrase or slogan, but Nick Wright had a great line that I that I heard on the radio the other day. He's like, never concede in victory what what you would fix in a defeat. I thought that was a great line. Like if you, you know, for sure, if you throw four interceptions in a game and you still win, can be like, well, it works. It's like, no, we got to work on protecting the ball. Right. Same thing back then. We were beating really bad teams while still playing bad. Like, all right, let's work on these things that aren't working or it's going to come back and bite us in the, you know, what? And today was, was the size bite. (laughs) Well, yeah. When you get two teams out there that, you know, are, especially with the, the players that were out there right now, pretty equal talent-wise. When you get a team that's going to go out there and, and give a lot more and consistent effort, those the, that's the team that's going to win. Uh, unholy Roller Raider, Frankie. That's the longest name in the world. The Spider has gone insane. Is that an inside line I don't know about? Anderson, the Spider, Silva? Oh, you, because you're a shirt. Oh, yeah, there we go. Spider Muay Thai. Anyone in the uh, like Orange County area want to do Muay Thai? Go to our go to our That's coach Frankie. Place. Uh, place to go. Coach Frankie. You'll see a familiar face at the front desk. That beautiful mug standing directly. <laughs> when I'm right. not beating the the fighters up with strength and conditioning, yes. Uh, Sam A, thank you again, buddy, for the super chat. Um, you will be might have to put up a shrine in our new studio that we're building for you, Sam. Just want to help you dudes with the new studio with my super chats when we go and do a game. I've uh, so I still haven't been to Allegiant Stadium, still haven't been to a game there. I went to um, Giants Raiders two years ago when I was in New York. Madison Square Garden. What in New York, right? In New York, yeah, two seasons ago. And you also went to, to Tennessee, right? I went to Tennessee last season. Um, and I realized this I'm like 0 7, I have like a Brian Hoyer level losing streak going to Raider games. I realized this a few months ago, and I think I said it on the show. The last time I went to a Raider game where the Raiders won, it was at Qualcomm Stadium. From the chart, it was a Chargers Raiders at Qualcomm. How long ago was Qualcomm? Five seasons ago? Six? More? I mean, Qualcomm was one season before uh, Allegiant. Because they went to, they played in the Coliseum. No, two seasons before because they played in the Coliseum for two years. Six seasons ago. Well, this is what, what year is this with, uh, this Allegiant. is the third year, right? At Allegiant. Allegiant. So five years ago then, or six, yeah, the year before, so six, six years, yeah. Six years, half a dozen years since I've been to a Raider game where they won. So I don't know. I might just be the dude that just like clings back. So it'll go with you though, Sam. I mean, I would, I would rather do, uh, uh, like watch alongs. We're going to start doing that once the, once the stadium's built. Like watch parties, you know, maybe yeah. get a, you know, uh select few spots to do maybe if party. i go to a raider game but with the opposing team's jersey it'll inverse the curse oh a little a uh, little uh, espionage yeah like go under the radar you know like <clears throat> i couldn't get myself to buy like a chiefs broncos or chargers one but like i don't know is there like a cool defensive player on like another team that we're playing that i can i can wear one of those with like a little bit of pride i'll wear like a ucla or byu players jersey just to like see if I can, I'll try it. Maybe not this season, maybe next season. We'll see if we can break the streak. Uh, Michael Creamer, thank you again for the super chat. The only thing RJ made about Soto, said about Soto or made about Soto, is that he is one of the best analysts that RJ knows. Yes. I say it all the time. I have the highest and utmost respect for Juan Soto as a broadcaster and analyst and zero respect for him as a man. That's how we're able to do a good show. The only thing RJ made about Soto is that he was one of the best guys. I think he meant said. Did, did he mean analyst? Analyst? <laughs> one of the two. Soto is definitely at least in my top 20 analysts that I know. He's easily, easily in the top 20 power rankings of analysts. Uh, Rick Baker, thank you for the super chat. Five books. On the positive side, her Tyree Wilson's name three times a day, and he got his first sack. How uh, how fitting 
that his first NFL sack Nathan was against Peterman. Nathan Peterman in a play that didn't look like a sack until I rewatched it like six times. You know what I mean? It wasn't like a I clean text you right away. Dr- like, like it was, uh, it, was it was like an end of the half. Let's bring in Peterman because he has a bigger arm. Hail Mary. And it like, I don't know. It was just like a weird angle. It was like a weird, like fun. It wasn't like, uh, like a Max Crosby, just like clean hit ends the drive. gets to celebrate with his teammates. It was just like this weird, like Nathan, I'm helping Nathan Peterman fall out of bounds type of thing. So top. Yeah. I mean, the first time I watched it, it was kind of difficult because the cameraman got fooled on the throw and kind of went for the throw. Yeah. But the ball just kind of like popped backwards out of bounds, which is a sack. He got hit and he hit his arm as he was trying to pull Peterman, try to throw his arm back to throw. And uh, yeah, he got hit, pushed out of bounds, which technically is a sack. Uh, the other big story that we were talking about today or coming into the week was targets for Devonte Adams. He's expressed some frustration over the last two games, only nine targets in the last two games. He only had four targets last or uh, against the Packers. He had four targets in the first drive. So clearly part of the game plan is let's get Devonte more involved. And it started out pretty busy, but then it kind of fell off after that in total. Uh, Devonte Adams, he did lead the league in receiving yards at 57, seven receptions on 12 targets along of 15. Here's something more depressing. Um, Devonte Adams, Jacoby Myers and Zemir White each had 15 yard catches, which were the longest plays from scrimmage. The other two, there was a 40, 41 yard pass interference and a 14 yard pass interference. Literally, the pass interferences was the best offensive production we had consistently today. Yeah, I mean that's that's I mean you roll tape back, but didn't I say about twelve targets is about what he was going to get? Yep. Um, and honestly, look, Devontae Adams is the man. He is the man. He is the best receiver we've probably we've ever had. Physically, tools wise, just. The receiver position. Jerry Rice. I mean, at the time, he, he was... Okay, it's I feel debatable. like I feel like 90, 85% Jerry Rice is still... like I think Jerry Rice is the best football player, pound for pound. He was still damn good. No, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not disparaging him at all. Yeah. I'm not disparaging him. Well, we're having the debate. Was it Jerry Rice or Devontae Adams? There's the Devante debate. Tim, Tim Brown... Because one can argue that if Tim Brown played for the Niners with all those Hall of Fame quarterbacks... He would have some pretty good stats too, right? So, um, so there's that. Okay, you, 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 there's there's also those Randy Moss. You know, there's a there's like the four or five guys you put in there as these are guys are really great. If you're Antonio gonna complain, if, if you're gonna complain about targets, you don't drop touchdowns. Yeah, that was such a good route too. He juked the crap if out of that corner and was wide open, and then just. It was a little overthrown, but it should have been caught. It was just when well, you're one of the top five highest paid players in the non-quarterback position, you make that catch. Yeah, it's I don't want him to hear him about hear him talking about targets today. I want him to address his drop. If you're gonna be honest and you're gonna call out the team for not giving you targets, you better call yourself out for dropping a ball. I'm sure he will too, because he's that kind of guy. Um how much worse would this game have been if they had Justin Fields or if the Bears didn't commit 110 yards in penalties? They had nine penalties for 110 yards. Honestly, I think this this team, I've watched the Bears play, and I think that the offense ran a lot smoother the way it, it the way they ran it today. Even though Justin Fields is more athletic and maybe more of a dynamic player, that would also change the game plan. And mm-hmm change how you want it to play offense but they should play offense this way they're built really to play offense like this yeah uh so i don't know could it have been a lot worse sure it could have been but uh i mean they they did score what 30 points 30 whatever points on us 30 points yeah 30 big ones 23 of them on offense right with the pick six uh, another storyline that's been following with the trade deadline just nine days away it's like literally nine days Minus 51 minutes. Almost exactly nine days from now is the trade deadline. And Hunter Renfro has been the biggest talk about who could potentially be traded. We can we can officially close the door on it being a quarterback issue with Hunter Renfro not getting targets. And it's clearly a scheme Josh McDaniels issue. Like Brian Hoyer, Jimmy G, or Farva, 
he's not getting targets. Hunter had no targets and no catches until garbage time. Then he had three targets in garbage time with his third different quarterback. It's clearly a Josh McDaniel scheme issue and not a quarterback issue. Yeah. I mean, he's just not, he's just not in the progressions. He's just not in the progressions whatsoever. And there are, there are receivers that, that are running routes that aren't in progressions. And he was open. There's a couple times he was wide open too. Um, Dude, did you see that one that, that uh, mayor in the seam? Yeah. When Hoyer freaking threw it to, to, through through to Jacoby Myers. Yeah. And uh, even Mark Sanchez was like, Ooh, Mark Sanchez. Yeah. When Mark Sanchez is calling you out for missing reads. Uh, another thing we were hoping could finally turn around. We've been asking this for seven weeks now. When is Josh Jacobs going to finally turn things around? He didn't today. 11 carries, 35 yards, 3.2 yards per carry. His longest was 11 yards. Um, and this time he was even bad in the passing game. One reception for six yards. Also had that like half drop, half bad pass from Hoyer that turned into an interception. Um, uh, he had a touchdown drop as well, right? Was he in the end zone? Oh, no, not drop, but he was out of bounds. He stepped out, out of bounds, bounds on touchdown. So Josh Jacobs' worst game of the season? Probably, yeah. Probably, at least production-wise. He had some – I mean, I mean the and, of the missed, game. And he missed a block that caused a uh, that caused a sack. And not missed a block, but, like, he hit, like, a D lineman and just bounced off, and then the tackle just got the sack. I said, wait a second. That's not going to happen. Yeah, that's I was like, that's kind of like, you got to go low there, Josh. Because normally – even with his bad production, he's been good everywhere else. Like he's been good blocking yeah, the backfield, great. good catching yeah. passes out of the backfield. Um, he just hasn't been getting any, you know, his carries just go nowhere. This is the first time where he was not good anywhere all season, I would say. Yeah, it's, it, was a, it was a pretty rough game for him today. Um, I'm not sure what's going on with him, but today was pretty rough. Um, I mean, but let's take a step back and look at the, the – like, you have Devontae Adams on your team. And the go-to play is a wheel route from like the four-yard line to your running back. That's the play yeah. you want to run. I, I, I just it doesn't make sense to me. It's you're trying to be too cute, you know. Um, Devontae Adams ran the this the the route you should have ran on second down on third down and dropped it. Mm-hmm. You know, it just I didn't like that play call whatsoever. I think that was a terrible play call. Uh, a couple injuries to look at. Um, Josh Jacobs left with a hip injury, came back. He didn't seem to be visibly limping, but he was kind of holding it. So that's something to follow and keep an eye on. Um, Daniel Carlson with that groin when he missed that opening 41 yarder. I forgot they said the stat during the broadcast, but it was like, you know, 30 something straight kicks, not missing, you know, like a 40 year or, you know, a 40 year less or something, 41 or less, whatever the number was. Uh-huh. That makes me think groin injury and scares me. Something to keep an eye on. He didn't hit a 40-yarder later. And, uh, you know, he hit two, one from 30-something and one from 40. That's something to keep an eye on. And Divine Diablo had an ankle injury in the first half and never came back. So those are three three starters, two pro bowlers that we're going to have to keep an eye on. We've been pretty We've been pretty okay with injuries this season in the grand scheme of things. I mean, normally losing your starting quarterback is like just like – distraught but half of Raider Nation's like happy that Jimmy G was out because they thought we'd get Aiden O'Connell instead we got Brian freaking Hoyer getting his Baker's dozen losses in a row yeah it just uh, uh just just the decision making and and the lack of awareness is making a bad decision is doesn't necessarily make you somebody who's a bad decision maker because nobody's perfect yep. but it's how you react to the bad decision and the reasons why you react the way you do. You react poorly by not putting Farva in the game at halftime. Now, why did he not put him in? I don't know. I didn't see anything from Brian Hoyer that led me to that gave me any type of confidence that he was going to be able to lead a comeback. I haven't seen anything in since 2016 that makes me think Brian Hoyer was gonna win. Like that's the thing. It's like, well, let's see how he does. This isn't a rookie. This isn't a guy where, like, you think he got better with age? You think now that he's old and immobile, he's going to, like, be a better quarterback? Atrocious. Uh, Ty Davis, thank you for the super chat. O'Connell scored more in five minutes than Hoyer in 55. Uh, well, technically, the same. Hoyer, Hoyer scored two field goals and a touchdown. But it was a touchdown to the Bears is the problem. So... He did True. throw a touchdown pass today. 
It was just, I who was the um was it Joshua or John the uh, the DB for the Bears that had the two two picks Johnson Johnson, he didn't have a single pick last season. He got two against us, including a pit, pick six. What is uh, how dumb do you have to be to have bright orange uh, undershirt if you're if you're a defensive player? Don't you no. want to hide? Don't you want like I remember like the, there was a uh, DBs talk about how they'll change their glove color to match the jersey of the opponent, right? So you can kind of pull, and it's harder for the refs to see. Why would you wear literally the same colors that hunters wear in the forest so they don't get shot as a DB? You just that more obvious to be seen. He's wearing this like, hey, look at me, neon sign, and still Hoyer threw him the ball twice. I think he's like, look, he's not going to think I'm dumb enough to wear this. <laughs> <It's> like <laughs> They're trying to trick me. It's a diversion. It's got to be somebody else. Yeah, yeah. you know, it, I think he's wearing it so people can see him on TV. Right. You can point him out. Oh, there he is. He's <laughs> trying to get laid. Like that old, like that's, uh, how, that's how bad the, he is. Uh, he hears more about like getting laid after the game than maybe getting a slight edge in your color of shirt. Like the Leo DiCaprio. <laughs> point it out. The um, tweet of the day comes from Greg Rosenthal. Oh, yeah. Even if the Excellent. Raiders lose, these are valuable reps in Hoyer's development. <laughs> so good. Such a I good tweet. It was just like, I just could not understand the Hoyer. Like, what is the upside? What is the benefit? Like, and you were trying to explain what you thought McDaniel's thought process was. And, again, not it, that I agreed with it. I know. Again, yeah, not that you agreed with it. But you're trying to explain, like, well, he's probably thinking this. That's still stupid. That's still stupid. You still throw more interceptions than touchdowns, and we know you suck. We have no reason to develop you. But let's give you, let's give you the start. Because maybe you know, after losing 12 games in a row, lucky 13 is how it works. The game should have been played on a Friday. Yeah, Friday 13th, perfect. That's what's gonna happen. I mean, Tanner Jack, he our rookie did get his first sack today. Yeah, it was a sack. Uh, I I predicted three different Raiders would have sacks today. I was wrong. It was only two, but at least it was a rookie. It was Tyree. It's our two defensive ends. Um, Josh Dubow, everyone's favorite. He posted a stat. Tyree Wilson is the only defensive end or edge rusher in the last 15 drafts to go the first six games without a sack, a pressure, or a tackle for loss. Streak ended today. Brian Hoyer's losing streak continues. Tyree Wilson's sackless streak comes to an end. All right, hold on a second. Hold on a second. Pissed off vet. He, he's, he's been pretty chill with me over the last couple of weeks. I want to help him out, okay? I'm not talking shit on you, okay? Go ahead, swear jar me. Uh... Jar. I'm not talking mess on you, okay? Um, he he was being facetious. He was being sarcastic. Yeah, he wasn't being serious. Twitter he's needs. A, a he's sarcasm a very good font. follow. He's a he's a really good follow. Yeah, Twitter needs a sarcasm font, especially during Raider games, because I would say that was probably seventy two percent of my tweets today. They do have a, a kind of a sarcastic like like GIF you can put or GIF. It's the SpongeBob like. SpongeBob dude doing that. I don't like that one though. I need it's hilarious. Dude. I love that. I love that picture because every time I freaking say something sarcastic, I put the picture underneath it. It's like, oh, okay, I get it. How cool was that onside kick attempt at the end of the game with Daniel Carlson? Just line drive it at the dude's helmet. Wait for it to bounce back and see if it bounced. That was great. I mean, that's a great technique. I mean, it's just as it just as probably the just ball was as the ball was straight in the air was in play. I mean, that was like we didn't obviously didn't recover, but. Like the Daniel Carlson did his job. Like just give, you know, give your kick coverage a chance to get it. I wonder if that's it, gonna be a move that's gonna start sweeping the nation. Gabriel, I trade McDaniels to Kraft for a paper clip. I saw I read a story that a guy started with a red paper clip on um was it uh Craigslist and traded mm -hmm. until he got a house with a paper clip. Yeah. So don't don't discount the, uh, the the value of a paperclip. That was an episode of The Office where uh, Dwight started with like a pen or something and eventually traded up to like a telescope, like a multi-thousand dollar telescope, but then traded it to Jim for a bag of magic beans. <laughs> like it went full full circle. Uh, Sam A, we are building a shrine in your honor. I tell you, what does it mean when you get blown out by the worst team in the league? Well, if we get blown out good. by the Broncos, I'll tell you. I mean... We got blown out by a bottom three team with their 
backup quarterback Look, and third string running back. Here's the deal. Here's the deal, brother. We got beat by a bad team with their worst personnel that they've had this that's this this season. The worst mm-hmm. we got beat by a bad team, even when they were full strength, with their worst team. Yeah, that they put out. Uh, Manakoahi, listening to Manakoahi. you argue. Manakoahi. Manakoahi. Come on, I want to lay Listening you two argue is probably what McDaniels and Ziegler sounds like. Excuse me, who are your candidates for head coach and GM next year? I mean, it all depends who's available, right? Yeah. I honestly, if, if I had my choice, I, I would like a a head coach that's a head coach. I don't want a head coach slash play caller. Mm-hmm. I want a guy that's uh, that can go out there and, and and develop and not someone who's self aware, not worried about uh, maybe a younger offensive coordinator coming in and and, and shining. Mm-hmm. That's what you want as a good leader. You want to develop the people under you, not necessarily to take your job, but to also take a next step and move forward because you know because you're a good leader, you can develop more people. So I'm really looking for that type of guy. Does it have to be an older player, an older coach? No, but definitely somebody who's not like, oh, I'm the offensive guru who's going to call the plays too. Like, no, no, no. I want a head coach that's a head coach that can run a game. Uh, I would take John Gruden back as a coach and a GM, but I would definitely take Gruden back. And then maybe Mark Davis can save some of that money that he's like paying off of him. He's like, all right, let's just put it back and do coaching again. I keep getting it. I got into this like back and forth. Uh, like Ziegler has to go too. And there's... It's what I've been saying forever. I the more people argue with me trying to defend Dave Ziegler, the more I feel like I'm right. Dave Ziegler, I can go over the list of all the terrible things he did: paying Waller too early, giving Carr the no trade clause, signing uh, Chandler Jones, giving Hunter Renfro that contract. See, I thought that was not as fine, but I know you don't you hate that contract. Nobody um, else in the league likes it because they, they don't the, want to pay for. Oh, we can have that debate if Josh McDaniels like destroyed his trade value with terrible play or if it's just him. I mean, that's another debate, but all these things he's done bad, right? But because he's such a nice guy, he's got like a good face and a warm smile and he makes people feel good. That's so much of Raider Nation defend Dave Ziegler. And I ask you, what has he done good? Like where, like, give me three examples. You're like, wow, that GM, that was brilliant. That was like, a way above average move. They're just, it's just not out there. And every time I bring up things that he's done wrong, people keep hitting me with excuses for him, but they yet to give me a good, like, remember when Dave Ziegler did X, Y, and Z, and the team was so much better, and that was such a brilliant move, or he swindled that team on a trade, or he, like, undercut that player on the contract, but they're still happy. Like, he doesn't have any of those. He has none of those things. Probably the best few things he's done is... Um, the Devonte Adams trade, signing Max Crosby, getting rid of Waller for getting rid of the sack of nuts and bolts that is Waller for a third round pick. Uh, those were pretty good. You he and actually, me, he he helped build a defense that was up until today getting a lot better. Uh, it was improving. Were they earth shattering moves? No, but the thing is, I think his mistakes were a lot bigger than what his victories were. His victories you- were more steady type of things. You and me could have done the Devonte trade. Like, here's a Again, ton. If, 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 hate you, him if, a ton. You want, if you don't want to go one way as far as, like, making excuses, you don't want to take away from him either. I'll, like, do both. Want to- I'll do both. I'll say all the things he's done wrong and the things that people give him credit for. Like, and that, is, is, is the Devonte or Max Crosby trade and signing an above average move? Again, like- I said, I, I didn't say, I said his, his mistakes were bigger than what his good moves were. I mean, I would argue that there's been some pushes, right? Like Max was going to get paid a huge contract and he did market value for what he's, what he's doing. So that was, you know, you got to pay the guy and he did. That's a push. Uh, the Devonte Adams, it was like, he wanted to come here. I would say like, and he got paid at the time. He was the top five highest paid player in the NFL. That wasn't a quarterback. So it wasn't like you or I could have been like here, green Bay, here's a bunch of picks and here, Devonte, here's all the money in the world. Up for review. The best thing he was uh, pronouns, pal. Dave Ziegler did was use car to bring Devonte Adams in. <laughs> now, if Ziegler 
pulled the puppeteer strings and manipulated Carr to get Devontae Adams, then we can have that. Then let's talk. I yeah, would like it, to see some evidence if, that that's what happened. Big not just, if if yeah. that is the case, pretty sweet. And that's pretty sweet. That didn't happen. But if it was, yeah, I no, give him, look, I'd give him I agree chance. with you, man. I agree with you. As far as some of the misses that he's had, I don't know that we're going to say that He's and I'm not arguing with out. you. It's I keep no, like, no, I, I, get it. I keep getting all this every time I say like I'm not arguing with you either. I think you're right. I th- I don't think that like w- when I'm saying that his misses were a lot bigger than his wins, whew, it, it doesn't it doesn't that that's not a vote of confidence for your general manager. Yeah, it's been it's it's been really bad from Ziegler. Like I don't know. Like what every do you think, time what do you think I about t- this, we uh, we talked about this. Maybe he came in late. What do you think about this? You know who? Uh, I don't know. I mean, you might know who, but I don't. Patrick Graham needs to take some responsibility for the Keystone Cop defense. Uh, I mean, I'll, I'll take a look at the, the game again in, in with in tape, but I, the guys look to be in position to make plays. It just was the effort when they got there. The uh, I mean, look, you know the 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 defense. You're the you're the defensive coordinator, and the defensive performance is on you. At the end of the day, that's that is a true fact. That is a statement. But I think it's more of a Ziegler issue that these guys are just terrible and Patrick Graham Patrick Graham's putting him generally in pretty good position to succeed or a Josh McDaniels issue right because of his decision making and how is how he's handling a game makes you know the defense like dude why do we got Hoyer like I understand it if I'm a defender and I see them putting out Hoyer who's going three and out and throwing the ball into the dirt and not able to move the ball and just to put us back out there all all over again I mean I, I would get you know pretty discouraged on that too um what else anything else you got shit is there is there a quarterback controversy in chicago tyson Bates uh, Fields? no i think it's very similar to because ryan mckinnell say justin fields days in chicago are over not that he's a bad quarterback it's just a relationship that's not going to work it's not going to work anymore yeah i agree with that uh the the issue that chicago chicago is having is the same issue that we're having is they have so much equity in to the quarterback position uh once somebody shows that they can play well and then they come back they have to kind of show it again all right show that you're that that you're not the guy like struggle again so then we can move on and and have two comparisons here so um even though they lost they did they did you know score uh they were scoring better the last few games before fields got hurt fields got hurt in the uh Minnesota game mm-hmm. so if field co- fields comes back and 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 continues to struggle then yeah you can go to to, to Bajan uh, just like with Jimmy G if they would have let Farva go out there and, and do something and show a little life if Jimmy G would have come in and struggle again okay then you can say okay we have this this guy played this guy played this guy looked good this guy doesn't look good okay we can move on to the younger guy but until that happens I don't know that they move on uh, I guess in like the closest thing to positive news, um, we'll get the Lions on Monday Night Football next week. Lions got their dicks kicked in today. Bro, oh, oh. 38 to 6. Swear they jar. scored less points than we did. Swear jar. Keep forgetting swear that one. I swear. I don't, still don't think it should be, but I did agree. So I'll stand by it. So 38 I get, to 6. I think it's no good. It's no good for us. Gonna, we're going to get, we're going to get a pissed they're off pissed. Lions team and they're going to, they're going to, they're going to just, Give it to us with no spit, no lube, no nothing. I was playing against Lamar Jackson in fantasy. So I was like, good oh, luck. God. Oh. 38 to six. And that was six points in garbage time. That was in the fourth quarter. They held them scoreless for three quarters. Not good. It was 35 to zero going into the fourth quarter. Yeah, they're going to be a pissed off team coming in, and it's not going to be pretty for us. Well, it's a Thursday gonna- night game, right? Uh, Monday night. Next Monday night, Oof, Monday night even worse. Yeah, I was gonna say at least it'll be in a quiet game, you know, in the early window that no one's watching. Nope. Oh wait, the most is Sunday night or Monday night the biggest watch, the most watched NFL game every week. I think it's Sunday night. It is Sunday, isn't it? Yeah, it one of the, one of those two. All right. Well, we'll have plenty of time to discuss that. Uh, the fire Josh McDaniels conversation will be big. Um, very curious what Devonte Adams said in the post game presser very curious what uh how josh mcdaniels tries to defend some of his decision making today starting hoyer kicking that field goal having farva come in in the fourth quarter 
Can't wait to hear his excuses for that. That's going to be a load of laughs. And we'll keep you abreast of all those things as we go along. But until then, knock on wood if you're with me.